Welcome to Shrek's Over Strikes podcast. Shrek's in your name, no strikes against it. This is episode two, and we got something fun for you guys. We're going to talk about first-time home purchasing or the misconceptions of buying a first home. These are questions that people have a lot of, and sometimes the misconceptions are is that you don't need a certain amount of down payment or um, people don't understand the stress test. You know, what are types of mortgage rates that you guys have out there? So these are all the things that, you know, I think we need to equip people as they become first time home buyers. And yeah, we're going to get started. We want to introduce um, my team here, um, my trusted partner and friend. What's going on, people? It's Dean Chambers. And our producer slash the big guy, Jason Allen John, is in the building. Yes, 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 producer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's what you are, yeah, man. Hey. Take it or leave it. Hey. If the shoe fits, you wear it, right? Exactly. <laughs> and it fits, man, so just wear it. All right, all right. What's <laughs> up, people? How you guys doing today? Um, what's up? This is hey. episode two, eh? Yeah, two. Yep. Yeah, on a roll here, two episodes. Two episodes, <laughs> let's get it done, man. <laughs> how, how was you guys all week, man? My week was, it's the same. Still COVID. I got the kids, so trying to balance family life and uh, work life at the same time can be challenging. But, you know, sometimes you just got to roll the punches. Um, life is all about expe- unexpected um, unexpected events. So you just got to take what comes to you and just adapt to it, you know? Well, for me, all I can say is I can't wait for February 16th because <laughs> that date... Is when the school when the when the kids go back to school and this online learning thing it just ain't working. I need to free up my time, so <laughs> can't wait for February sixteenth. To all the people that have kids out there that's driving them nuts at home and taking <laughs> up their Wi Fi, hey, let's boot them back home, back to school, man. That's what I'm waiting on. I hear that. Is it really that much? They take that much Wi Fi? Yeah, man. Well, I have I got two kids. Uh-huh. Um, they are they're streaming. Okay. So, and then when I have calls myself, mm-hmm. I'm doing Zoom, I'm streaming. Yeah. Then I have a significant other at home. She's streaming at times um, when she's doing her meetings. So, all that Wi Fi is getting, you know, used up. Yeah. They the said they had to move uh, a whole bunch of bandwidth from uh, the commercial space to the residential space when everyone started working from home. So, it's crazy how these like things change different trends and all that kind of stuff, right? So, yeah, it's kind of sense. Yeah, my week was all right. It was kind of cool, you know, regular. It was cold, but, you know, it's February. I, l- I like the cold. And, you know, doing the 75 hard challenge, I'm still trekking it outside. Oh, where you at with that? So we, what what we, day? What day we at? We're at day, um, I guess this is going to date this podcast, but we're at day, 30, <laughs> day 35. So All right, all um, right. We're, we're almost, we're keeping up to that halfway point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Proud of my peoples that are in dev joined me. <laughs> All the troops shout out. Bat 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 bat. Um, but yeah, good week always. You know, positive. Lots of things to be thankful for. And yeah, let's get into it. First time buyers, I want to hear. What do you? What do you? What are you gonna ah. give me some questions? Because normally, guys, I don't talk on this podcast like this. So this is gonna be exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know what? I just think that you know, you know, me, me and Dean come across you know certain questions people ask us and. It's just, it's not funny, but it's just when you don't know what you don't know, people have different misconceptions of what something is. And instead of asking that question, they go out on a limb and just say, you know what, what I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that. Not really knowing, you know, what they're doing. So hence the reason for, you know, the questions and this topic today, because I think it's really important for individuals to know what they're getting into when they're purchasing a home. Because if they don't, they can fall into, you know, major pitfalls, mm. which can, you know, cost them their down payment, you know, mm. their house. Yeah. So it's just something their that. It, exactly. So it's just something that we think it's, it's needed. And mm. again, it's, it just, it's just helping people provide, um, providing them with insight of what they need to do. So the first question I have, mm-hmm. and again, don't, don't get it twisted. This is not a dumb question because it's important to know. What is a stress test and why is it important? <laughs> well, it's not a, like a, not a, you know, they say no question is a dumb question, right? <laughs> What's a stress test? So 
A stress test is uh, meant to test your abilities to handle rising interest rates on a mortgage. So um, it was implemented in 2017 or 2016, I think. Um, and the reason why, because the markets were so hot, but the government wasn't able to um, cool the markets with higher interest rates because that would affect our exporting and other sectors of the economy. Because best believe it, you know, um, Canada has other sectors besides real estate. (laughs) (laughs) As as um, they should. As they should. I'm just laughing because, like, you know, a lot of people are in real estate and it's a big proponent of our, especially our Ontario economy. But um, the government, they couldn't affect it, right? Because a lot of times interest rates, if you think about it, is a national effect. But a lot of the times when you hear about the hot market, especially us in the GTA, it's really GTA specific. So other provinces may not have the same rising prices or whatever. So so they came up with a stress test to just manage if, let's just say rates were to go up. So when you apply for a mortgage, I actually have to approve you at a rate of uh, 4.79% right now, right? And that is called the qualifying rate. But... Right now, the five-year fixed rate is averaging between 1.99 to as low as 1.54. So when you think about that, that's such a big difference. So if you will were to get tested at such a big range in what you're paying, it like makes you feel like this doesn't make any sense, right? So, you know, there's been some talks that they may change that. I can't see them changing it because the market's so hot. Like that's, I, I can't see them doing that. But um, it's not meant to stress anybody out. But if you can say that you can get approved for almost at 5% interest rate, then you know you can handle this house. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing also, too, for stability for our market, for the economy, for everything. So although it sucks for some people when you're trying to qualify, and then I'm like, oh, you need to get a call center or you can't afford that house. So in that moment, it sucks. But as far as for the general economy, I don't know where prices would be if there wasn't no stress test. <laughs> To tell and, you the truth, and it, it, it's 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 funny because, um, and I'll let Dean take this over just because um, he had a question about uh, what the stress test is, and I just want to, you know, put it over to Dean. Like, what is not a stress test? Just so everyone's clear. <laughs> so, what is not a stress test is um, visiting your doctor to see if you can manage the mortgage that you're taking on. So. You don't need to go to the doctor to figure out if you're if um you'll be stressed out based on the mortgage payment that you payment or that you'll be paying. So it has nothing to do with going to the doctor. Just the amount of money that you'll be paying out towards a mortgage, as Jason was mentioning to you. So it's it's just I I think a lot of it is has to do with planning. Like anyone who knows me, if you've been a client or um, planning is important. You got to plan what you buy, um, where you buy, and how much you spend. So, you know, the stress test, yes, it's it sucks, but it's a it's a part of the game. And it's a rule. So mm-hmm. if you want to get a house, you got to apply the stress test. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's no there's nothing around it. We just got to get over it and get it done. So, so Jay, you mentioned something very key, uh-huh. planning. Yeah. How long should an individual plan to make that step? You know, should they come to you? 30 days before wanting to purchase a house or, you know what I mean? Like what should they, what, what should they be doing? What, what should people be thinking? I think to be honest with you, from the moment you say you want to be involved in real estate, Mm -hmm. you should sit down with somebody, you know, immediately. You could be 21 and want to buy a house one day and you can start planning. You could be all 15 and start planning (laughs) to save your money. Right. Yeah. You know, so I think the process needs to start the moment that you're interested in buying a property or you're moving from a property or you want to refinance a property. Um, A lot of people do it on a reactive basis. I think society is very reactive. If you guys know, like, you Mm -hmm. know, like you only do stuff like when you get burned. You yeah. know, so yeah. you know, like, you know, you don't protect yourself in advance, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's important because there's opportunities you can take advantage of, especially as a first-time home buyer, if you plan. A lot okay. of the things you can't take advantage for if you don't plan. 
And it's key to even all the aspects of life, too, because I don't know if you guys notice it, but there's a lot of people that own businesses and they weren't incorporated or they weren't set up properly. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden now during COVID and there's government benefits, you don't qualify over like silly things. Like you just don't have a bank account open or you haven't incorporated. And that's all part of planning. So when I look at that, I'm like, oh, you never planned to be successful. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you never thought your business was going to do well or you never thought you would be able to buy a house. Like you yep. just you're just waking up one morning and rolling <laughs> over and like, I'm going to buy a house. Like it's the biggest purchase, right? Yeah. You're ever going to make, you know, um, recently I ran on this statistic. Like if you buy a house and it's like five hundred thousand um, to pay off that mortgage, you need to earn almost one point two million dollars of income. So wow. when you think about that. Wouldn't you plan your house or yeah. take more time than just running towards me? So, and re- like, oh, I need to buy a house or running towards a realtor or running towards the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's take advantage of um, individuals like myself, any mortgage agents. Most people love to sit down with people and yeah. plan it out and, you know, make sure you don't make a mistake because we don't like rushing because mm-hmm. what happens is the lenders don't like rushing. And then when, if you, if you are rushing, you seem as someone that is not um, like, credit worthy mm. right so yeah. mm. that's all part of when you're doing an application you know so yeah. get that pre-approval um see how much government benefits you can get and uh speak with someone as soon as you can good good that those are so those are some great gems um a, a second question that i'm going to get into is your down payment mm-hmm a lot of people know, or some people do know, or some people do not do not know that they have to have a down payment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be, you know, some people want to put down twenty percent, five percent, ten percent, depending on you know how much money they have. Um, but why is it, or why, why is your down payment just simply not enough when you're purchasing your first home? Oh, that's a great question because a down payment is just part of the home buying process, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess you could split the home buying process in uh, the stuff that you need to acquire the property as debt and like uh, the things, the accessories that are a part of it. So it's kind of like, you know, when you buy a toy from the store, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't come with batteries. Ah, exactly. Yeah. Per- perfect analogy. Yeah. Perfect. Then, you perfect. know, you bring it home and you're all excited, excited. to play with it. You open it up and you're like, oh man, damn, I need some double A batteries. Bro. <laughs> or it's those ones that you can't even get at the convenience store, like yeah. Yeah, 16 yeah. volts. Like that yeah. <laughs> so yep. I, I liken it to that, right? Mm-hmm. So like you can get the toy, but you have to get uh, the batteries. So batteries, I would say in, in equivalent to a house would be like land transfer tax. Uh, mm. legal fees um there's hst on the mortgage premium if you put less than five percent down or less yeah less than 20 percent down i mean and everyone gets caught up in that like mm. you know that could be as much as like two thousand three thousand dollars you can have closing costs as much as fifteen to twenty thousand dollars depending on the size of your house and mm. upwards of i've seen hundreds of thousands of dollars when you buy like multi-million dollar properties right because the land transfer tax is a percentage of the property you're buying typically you know between 0.75 and 1.25 percent mm-hmm. so on average we like to say you need 1.5 percent on top of your purchase price set aside aside from your down payment you know so for a house that's like four four hundred thousand, you're talking like six grand. So you mentioned insurance fees, mm-hmm. like insurance fee. Who does, does that benefit the house for when you purchase it, or does that benefit the bank? Well, there's two types of insurance when it comes to a house. They talk about home insurance that protect mm-hmm. you in the event of fire, water, damage, theft, that type of insurance. Okay, personal goods and stuff. And then there's mortgage insurance. What mortgage insurance is is actually default insurance. So if you default, the bank doesn't lose money and oh. you pay the cost for that. And okay. that cost could be as high as 4.75% of the value of the home. So when you're putting 5% of the house, you really only have 0.25% equity in the house on day one. So you basically, you basically are negative equity from the beginning. Oh, so. So, so, so to our listeners out there, our, our viewers, there's a difference between... Uh, uh, house insurance and mortgage insurance. Make sure you guys know the difference uh, because it's important. Yeah, and then on that mortgage insurance, you have to pay HST. Um, so when you close, or 
yeah, or GST, I think it's, I think it's just GST, it's 6%, um, or 7%, I mean. So then when you close, let's just say that premium's all like $20,000, mm-hmm. you have to pay uh, 7% of that in a tax, just like when you buy a can of pop or something like that, right? So so it, it, it adds up, you yeah. know, so it's not cheap. So a lot of times people scramble on closing day, and I think, Dean, you even have a story of that, like scrambling on closing <laughs> day and like having to search for five, six grand. It happens more than enough, right? Yeah. Um, and that happens sometimes, again, lack of planning. And then at times, like myself, I've been there, not told my customers this. Like you get excited, you want the mortgage closed, you're overwhelmed. And this happens when you're, when you're rushed. Yeah. You forget little things. And those are the little things you forget. Mm-hmm. You get to tell a customer, oh, make sure you have this money set aside or something yeah. like that, right? So um, we got to plan this out and put that out on a piece of paper so you know exactly what you're walking into, right? And then nowadays with these bidding wars, like you don't even know what you're doing. You're just throwing darts at the wall gotcha. and kind of hoping that someone takes it. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, can you share that real-life situation, that experience that you went through with regard- with regards to closing? So... Purchase a house, had the down payment, saved up, well ready to buy the house, find the house. And so I put the down payment into the lawyer, lawyer holds it. And now we're coming to closing costs. So a few days before I'm getting the paperwork to say, hey, this is what, where the disbursements and whatnot needs to be paid out. And um, I seen lawyer fees, CMHC, and... I was like, what's all this extra cost? So they're like, oh, this is what you have to pay up because you're not paying 20% on the property. So I was like, nobody told me that. It's like, how would how was I supposed to know that? So between that and the lawyer fees, literally I had a couple of days to figure out where am I going to get this money from or I lose this property. So I had to dip into my investment account and sell my stocks just to make sure that I had the closing costs so that I got my property because if, if I didn't come up with that money i would have lost my down payment and have nowhere to live so it, it, it's something it was, it was a learning lesson so that's a story for you guys to know your down payment is not enough they usually say what is it 20 if you're 1.5 uh, percent above or 1.5 percent of the purchase of the house yep you want to make sure you have that for closing costs yeah guys um i couldn't say it any better than that it's either you you know you're failing to plan or you know you plan to fail, you know, choose, <laughs> choose your poison. Yeah. It's, it's important. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, we're going to go right into our, our next question. And, um, I think this is a, actually a really good question. Can it kind of segues into, you know, you know, when you fail to plan and you kind of need some extra money mm-hmm. to get <laughs> your closing. Um, when you, when you think about, um, your down payments and your mounts and the gift letter. Mm. So, you know, I've seen this, you know, you need some extra money mm-hmm. or the, you know, the lender says, I need to see your last six months of, you know, you know your account and people need that additional cash mm-hmm. to show that, hey, I can do this. So they go to a family member or a friend yeah. and they get a gift letter. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, can you kind of go into a little bit more as to, you know, why that happens and what is a gift letter and what is the amount that you can actually kind of put on that gift letter to ensure that the bank sees that, Hey, you have, you know, the monetary funds to do what you need to do. Yeah. So, um, there's a couple of parts when you're purchasing a home, right. And you know, we're still on the down payment side of it and why it's not just enough for the down payment. So Mm -hmm. let's just run into a situation like you were a Dean. Uh, you found out last minute that you needed an extra $10,000. Dean was good that he saved and he had stocks, but if you didn't, mm-hmm. and you had to go to trusty old mother, father, or brother, sister, um, technically uh, you're only allowed to take gifts from immediate family member- members. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, the bank assumes it's like a loan. And if it's a loan, we have to service that. Yep. And then that could make you not get approved. So gift, you can get a gift letter for as much as down payment as you need for the entire down payment. Okay. That's something you know. need to let the bank know at time of application. Um, again, it's all about disclosure. So 
banks you can there's always exceptions to rules and get everything done but as long as you tell people no one likes to be caught off guard yeah and i'm sure none of us do and mm-hmm. told stuff last minute right yeah. so i tend i tend to feel like people think they could just tell the banks anything and say like you're supposed <laughs> to accept it and you know it's their money like do you yeah. ever think about that like yeah people are always just like oh it's my i, I don't they want my business <laughs> and i'm like yeah they do but like it's still their money, money. <laughs> <laughs> so whether they want your business or not they're not gonna risk money just because they want business that's mm. terrible business practice yeah. right so and uh you have to remember the banks have shareholders so most of the times the rules has nothing to do with what they want to do it's the rules that the shareholders tell them mm-hmm. and the rules that the government yep. you know there's anti-money laundering rules and that's why a lot of these things these gift letters and stuff are in place because they don't want terrorist financing or illegal illicit money or whatever right mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot of it is is prudency right mm-hmm. and that's why we only accept gifts from family members so Again, if you plan properly, you might be able to get a gift. You might be able to structure that. You know, I always tell people, speak to your family members. Because sometimes the CMHC premium is all like Mm $30,000 on like a $600,000 house, let's just say, right? So imagine you're paying that. So, and the difference, say you had 40,000, you need an extra 80 grand, right? Mm -hmm. So if your family member lends you 80 grand, you could literally, if you wanted to, pay them $30,000 for the fee that CMHC is not getting. You know, mm-hmm. so when you break that down, like you can't get that ROI. Yeah, <laughs> team, where can you find that ROI? Like, you know what I mean? Let which me is let which, which is return on investment, guys. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, my <laughs> sake. Uh, where can you get that? You can't get that anywhere. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's important to seek additional down payment from family members or friends or whatever, um, uh, just to help you purchase your home because you could save so much money that goes to the government and people don't realize how much it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, the difference usually on a monthly payment, so between a 30-year amortization and a 25-year amortization, over five years, you would pay that insurance premium. Mm-hmm. So I, I could give the same, you know, payment and pay that to my family member. But again, it's not supposed to be a loan. Mm-hmm. So you got to be invested into that. So that's just you helping someone and saving them and allowing them to, to get into the housing a little bit faster, mm-hmm. a little bit easier, and they can last longer. Like a lot of people nowadays, um, their house has gone up so much, you know? Yeah. And uh, share the wealth, man. Mm-hmm. Like, please, yeah. parents, <laughs> please share the wealth <laughs> with the kids. They need it. I do applications all the time, and they don't mm-hmm. have the down payment. And they also struggle to have those conversations, right? Yeah. But money is so cheap right now, and I don't want people to just throw around and waste it, but then... You know, you should see if you could help people get into the market while they can't. Why you can't? Yeah. Because it's hard. It's very hard for some people. And if you can get to 20% down, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Like your options open up to different type of stuff, right? So so you, you, you touched on amortization. So mm-hmm. this is going to lead to my next question because I'm not sure if people know what that means exactly. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about amortization, this leads into mortgage rates mm-hmm. and the difference between you know a fixed mortgage mortgage rate versus a, a variable mm-hmm. mortgage rate can you kind of dip into you know the differences and why people choose a fixed versus a variable okay so uh, i'll just define amortization so amortization is the length of time it takes you to pay da- off your mortgage um if you buy a house with less than 20 percent down the longest amortization you can have is 25 years if okay. you put more than 20% down, you can go up to 30 years, and in some cases, up to 35 years, So, um, which is very important in qualifying and servicing certain debts. Mm-hmm. Now, fixed versus variable rates. So a fixed rate is a rate that doesn't change throughout the time of your term. Mortgages are usually put into terms, so you have your amortization, which is the length of time to pay the mortgage to zero, mm-hmm. and the term is the term is that you're in that specific rate right Mm -hmm. usually people you hear five years and it's kind of silly because canadians move every three years especially your first two homes so signing up for a five-year mortgage can be (laughs) detrimental to your long-term plan because you can be subject to penalties if you have to pay off your fixed mortgage um and i guess craig you'll share your story after this yeah (laughs) yeah so um uh so your fixed mortgage so for five years your payment would be the same 
So that's good in, in periods where you think rates will be rising. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also variable rates. So variable rates are linked to what they call the prime lending rate. It could either be prime plus or in most cases it's prime minus. Mm-hmm. And that variance changes depending on the banks, what they call their cost of funds. And then what they mean by cost of funds is, is how much do they pay to borrow the money that they lend to you? Because yeah. banks just make money off a of spread. You okay. know, it's like buying and selling. It's like flipping. You know, I'm buying something for one price and I'm mm. selling it for a price higher. That's what banks do. They borrow money at one level mm-hmm. and pay it out the other end, right? So variable rates can fluctuate with the Bank of Canada rate. Bank of Canada meets, um, I think they meet every other month. So that would be six times a year. And they set the policy for the overnight interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. And then what the banks do, they set that based on their prime lending rate. And yeah. a prime lending rate is the best rate that they give their the best rate that they give their best customers. So you could have a mortgage rate that's like prime minus 0.5%. Okay. And an example right now, prime is 2.45. So you would be paying 1.95. But okay. if the rates go up, if Bank of Canada says rates go up by a quarter percentage point. Now you'd be paying, you know, 1.25%. And that can change based on what they set um, the guidelines on that specific date. Okay. And you say, you're saying the Bank of Canada determines, you know, when an interest rate goes up. Is that just based on the, um, the economy of how the economy is moving in Canada? Like how, when, they, when they determine something's going up, what factors are in place? A lot of factors, like like everything's in place. So it's about the entire economy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like you know, we just went through the pandemic. So that's probably the best example I can give to people. Yeah. Um. You know, the economy was shrinking. People were losing jobs. So one way that uh, the government or the Bank of Canada can stimulate the economy is by lowering interest rates. If you lower interest rates, you would incentivize me to borrow more. Mm-hmm. Or you know. So when you lower the rates, I as you see, i.e. with houses in last year, everyone went crazy. A lot of the reasons, pandemic, everything, people losing jobs, but people are buying prices. Why? Because yeah. rates went down by 2%. So on a $500,000 house, that's almost $1,100 a month wow. that wow. you're saving, right? That's what happened. So now if I told you, Dean or Craig, you have $1,100 more to spend, what are you going to do? Take it. Take it. And Take buy it a bigger run. house, right? Yeah. Or that same house that you would have bought for less money, you're going to buy for more money now because you want it so bad, right? Yeah. And that's what's going on. And that's uh, there's a direct correlation to the increase in the value of real estate to the drop in the interest rates. So when I say they set the policy, they set the policy based on what's going on in the economy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to pay attention to what you think rates are going to happen, you could pay attention to the economy. You could mm-hmm. sit there and say, hey, what am I reading in the news? Um, what's going on right so if you want if we even were having a healthy discussion right now based on what you see in the economy what do you think the direction of rates are craig and dean um yeah i feel directions of rates is just gonna continue to drop okay yeah continue to drop okay and why do you think that because of the current economy right now we're in a pandemic things are closed down things are shut down and it's taking a lot of pressure on the people like us like people that have small businesses you know Uh um you know we actually can't contribute to the economy because we can't go out there and stimulate the economy by purchasing Uh various things because everything is shut down yeah but that's kind of controversial in one sense if you think because if you think about it like if you're a small business owner even though bank of canada lowered the rates like Mm. Did it, how much did it affect your day-to-day business? Right? Yeah, so it, but, it, but it affected real estate agents, mortgage agents, people like myself. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's an interesting debate mm. because it's like, oh, they stimulate the economy. Okay, so some people are working. But if you think about it, it's really hard. So this is when you hear like everyone talks about that trickle-down economy. Mm. Like does it work? Because mm. this stuff makes rich people richer. When you, like, if you have a, think about it, if you have a $10 million loan and then they drop the rates by 2%, what do you mm-hmm. think that does to your $10 million, right? So it's interesting. It's in, it's an it's, it's an interesting thing and a, it's an interesting uh, topic. 
Um, but again, if you're someone here, there listening on the outside, if you want to pay attention to where you think rates are going to go, all you have to do is literally pay attention to the economy and kind of see what you think is happening. We know as people what's happening before it happens. Like it's not, it's nothing new. But mm. again, we just don't know how it affects our bottom line. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't know how, you know, there's thousands of jobs being lost. Your job may not be affected, but it affects you. But you just don't really know how much it affects you, right? So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and as you know, as Jason mentioned, you know, I had a little story, a little background story with regards to you know fixed versus variables. Oh, and gem time. Mm. So I'm going to take you through an experience that I went through. And again, this podcast, the whole objective of what we're doing here is we want to put people in better predicaments or situations when they're going into their first time experiences. So when you don't know something, you just don't know. So in all incitement, you know, when I purchased my first home, I just didn't really, I didn't really know about the economy. I was just like, yo, I have my, my down payment, my savings, Mm -hmm. just get me in. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, like Jason mentioned, people usually move within two to three years. I got a fixed five-year rate. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of my friends said, hey, you know, let's take a drive up north. I live up north and, you know, it's not that far from where you live. And, you know, me and my, sorry, me and my significant others said, yeah, why not? Yeah. And that's the worst thing you could ever do, guys. Don't <laughs> go, Don't go house shopping. Or taking a look at other properties when you don't have everything lined up. Mm-hmm. So lo and behold, we went, took a drive, and I end up opening my checkbook to put down $5,000 on another property. Thinking that, you know what, you know, we were here for two years, we can move. But that was a hefty penalty. When I went to the bank to break that five-year agreement fixed, I got, I got hit hard. Like, you know, it felt like a punch to the gut. How much was it? It was approximately twenty grand. Yeah, I think crazy. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Damn, twenty grand just yeah. like that!" And it's something that you know, you know, we didn't want to turn back because I opened my checkbook already, put down five grand. Yeah. On something, and I didn't even put my house for sale. It was just an impulse thing. Mm-hmm. And again, guys, like you know, plan, plan things out. Don't get, don't fall into that trap of doing something on impulse because. It screwed me out of $20,000 very, very easily. So, um, you know. And I just want to just interrupt a little yeah. bit. Just because so people understand what a penalty is, right? So what a penalty is, is you're basically breaking your contract with the bank. So if I told you that I was going to promise to pay you X amount of dollars for the next five years, mm-hmm. and I tell you now I don't want it, like, wouldn't you charge a penalty, right? You'd want that because you're, yeah. you're expecting that income. To yeah. Come in. yeah. 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 So a lot of the times we have to remove the fact that yes, the bank's big, they're massive, they they could they don't need the actual twenty thousand dollars. But if mm. they did that for everyone, then they would be broke, right? So it's also a business in a microscope, right? Mm. So what they do is they do what they call is they do one or two things. It's either three months interest expense or what they call an interest rate differential rate. Mm. And what that is is basically they look at what they would have made on the mortgage compared to what they're gonna make now because you broke the term, and they charge you that difference. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what they're doing. Any business person would do that. So it kind of (laughs) sucks. You know, I'm for the people, but I'm for the people who plan. (laughs) (laughs) And that makes fantastic sense. So in in that sense then, so what if, and it's something I didn't know before Mm -hmm. that I know now, what if I would have ported my mortgage? Yeah, that's something I obviously, you know, I'm a professional and I'm not going to talk about what somebody (laughs) else did to you. I don't know why you didn't port, but sometimes porting doesn't make sense. So Mm -hmm. there are some banks, the rules around porting are strict. So okay. I don't know your situation. I don't want to comment on it. Mm. But uh, maybe the bank that you're with didn't allow you to port. Or sometimes mm. they have like these weird clauses in there and the timing just doesn't work. Right. Out. Okay. Or sometimes you need bridge financing. And what bridge finance is in is if you don't sell your home or your home doesn't close in time when you're getting your new home and you just need some money for a little bit. Mm. Maybe just the timing doesn't work out. Like uh, some banks allow up to six months and then you'll get your money back back Mm. some banks don't so it depends on what situation you're in and a good mortgage agent would ask you these questions before they get into like a term discussion with you like how long do you think you're going to stay at this house so i always tell people let's not talk about rates till you find the house Mm. because then i ask you questions like oh how long do you plan on living there 
You know, and if you tell me anything less than five years, I'm giving you a variable rate off the jump. Mm. You know, mm. do you love this home? Nah, it's a starter home, variable rate. You know, yeah. or oh my god, this is my dream home. I'm not leaving. Uh, pool, everything. Kids are here. I'm yeah. good. Okay, you could do a fixed rate, but everybody else, I'll, I'll slap them into a variable rate sometimes. You know, okay. and it bites me in the butt. But <laughs> hey, you know, it, like then it pays off. But then there's those people that stay for five years. So it it's listen, man. It it's so wild. Mm-hmm. Like you never know. So yeah. you have to prepare for everything. So if you do take the fixed rate, know that if you break it. There's a penalty. Penalty. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, another hot topic question. Why is or why isn't location important in today's client? Sorry, in today's climate. Why isn't? So, the reason why I pose that question is that, you know, when you think about real estate investment, mm-hmm. everyone talks about location, loca- location, location, location. Mm-hmm. The current environment that we're in now, is location still a big thing? Well, I think proximity might be the better word you're trying okay. to say. Okay. Like, are, do you need to be close to things like uh, uh, go, transit, a downtown, mall. work, a mall as you used to? Mm. No. Location does still matter because at the end of the day, like people, are, you're not going to buy a house where it's far from, let's just say like a highway, right? Or whatever, mm. right? So I do think people are still buying on location, you know, where you're seeing the increased values of the houses is in the suburbs, but they're still in neighborhoods where there are things that go on, right? Mm. You know, like Durham went crazy, um, but Durham's highly developed, right? You yeah. know, uh, people are moving up north to Muskoka and some of these places, but these places are becoming highly developed, right? Mm. So they're still great locations. So I still think location's important especially when you're making an investment decision like a house. Mm. Um, but it all depends on what you're buying, right? So I have a question for Dean. How important is location to you? Um, to me, it doesn't matter. Um, as long Because I got a car, so I can drive where I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I could care less where I'm living. Yeah. Uh, but for me, like, lo- when I hear people say location, um, I try to go where I get the most bang for my buck. Okay. So... Me living downtown Toronto wouldn't make sense for me. Why? Because every, yes, everything is close to you, but the size of what you're living in doesn't doesn't fit for my family. So mm. I got to be going further out to get the most bang for my buck in in terms of square footage. Mm. So for me, location it it doesn't really matter so much as like in city, like if it's city or the um, suburb life. So. Mm. To me, I'm I'm not so hung up on location so much. It's just where I can get the most bang for my buck. Yeah, I I think that that what you're saying is very true because for me, um, location not so much. However, I do want to be close in proximity to certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, I have kids, so um, you know, for me, I want to be able to make sure that if I need to go to a grocery store, I'm not driving three, four, five kilometers away, or if it's something that's recreational. Um, like a wonderland, you know, I don't live too far from wonderland about 15 minutes. So it's something that, you know, the malls are there, Vaughn, um, Vaughn mills and all those other things. So, um, again, I'm not, it it doesn't really matter to me, but as Dean mentioned, I wouldn't be looking for something downtown because, you know, I have a family downtown is way fast paced. Um, it's just a lifestyle that I don't want, but you know, there may be people that are single no kids, the millennial millennials, you know, want to be close to the the bars, the clubs, the restaurants, and that life fits them. Yeah, what's happening? You know, yeah. they want to be in the happening spot. So, uh, again, I think location just kind of depends on where you are in your in your life and, yeah, and where uh, your life stage is, right? And exactly, that's why it's important to plan as yeah. well, right? Because you never know. But like, listen, like, like I would, I love downtown, and I moved to the suburbs because I just wanted space. I still yeah. miss it though. The food. <laughs> Uber Eats sucks in the suburbs. <laughs> but but see, but now it's a catch twenty two. So if you were downtown, yeah. you, you mentioned food. You're amongst all these top notch restaurants, yeah. close in proximity. Yeah. What do you think you're going to be doing? You're going to be spending a little bit more because you know you want to get of that. Of course, you want to get that fine <laughs> dining no cuisine. Saving. There's, no, There's saving. no saving downtown. <laughs> 
Come on. So, <laughs> hey, I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, either way, you, you, when you do move out to the suburbs, there are yeah. certain things you're going to miss. But as Dee mentioned, you're going to have that bang for your buck. You're going to have more space. Um, you know, maybe no surcharges on Uber Eats. Exactly. <laughs> so all those things, they do add up. Yo, in the sure, long run for sure for sure so and this as a mortgage agent you gotta have prudent savings habits and stuff like that <laughs> and don't spend all your money downtown in the clubs and the bars when they open back up because hopefully we're going outdoors soon hopefully hopefully out, when outside was a thing well yeah <laughs> uh honestly to me i i don't mind it because i'm saving yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? I mind. You know, you know what I mean? For all those soca heads <laughs> in February, I'm depressed with you. <laughs> well, you know what? The, the one thing, and I see a lot of things on IG right now, you know, people are like, yo, you know, this is a time I would be in Trinidad. Yeah. You know, it's, living it up. Yeah. But it's funny that um you mentioned that because it's it's allowing people to become more innovative, like mm. with the way they're doing parties now. Like Saturday night, I'm getting four or five invites to a party where it's like you can party in your house now and yeah. you're saving that money. So, those people that want to be purchasing a home, that money you would have been spending in the clubs, $200 on a bottle. Yeah. That $200 can go towards your your down payment or your closing costs, mm -hmm. you know? Or to your RSPs. And let's talk about that because no one ever uses that. Yeah. And I know you didn't ask the question, but... No, it was next. It was next. It was <laughs> next in my docket. <laughs> okay, Don't worry. Ask, ask the but question then. No, no, but go ahead, man. Oh, damn it. Damn <laughs> you, you, you are... <laughs> I got ahead of it. <laughs> you have that crystal ball, man. Yeah, Give me the lotto numbers, right. man. 649. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> lotto max, man. I don't play lottery. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, I was gonna say RRSP. So an RRSP is a registered retirement savings plan, mm -hmm. and um, it's created uh, so we as individuals um, can save on our taxes in the short term, and uh, hopefully, when we retire, we pay less taxes on the income that we do earn. Mm -hmm. So it's just a way of um, able to save for the future. Mm -hmm. However, the government allows you to use your RSPs twice, lifelong learning plan, or, you know, with your um, first term buyer, first plan, first time home buyer <laughs> yeah. plan, right? So they call it the home buyer's plan. So if you own, a, if you want to go buy a home, you could take up to $35,000 from your RSPs, mm. right? And in some cases, um, at a like, you know, average marginal tax rate of 40%, uh, you know, that's, that's upwards of like, you know, Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars in tax refunds that you can possibly get on that uh, money that you put into your RSPs, right? Wow. So if you sit down with me prior to you buy your home, because you have to leave the money in there for ninety days, mm. I might be able to help you get a seventeen thousand dollar return. Because mm. a lot of people, when they're buying the house, they have that thirty five thousand dollars saved, maybe in another <laughs> account, right? So, so what would you say to people that? Because there's both people on both sides of the spectrum. What do you say to those people that, you know, say, uh, RSPs, nah, you know, why am I going to get into that when I can just invest or flip something? Because people don't like money. It's free <laughs> money. It's free money. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. Like it's, your, it's a benefit that you can get. And who cares if you have to put back to $35,000 over 15 years? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's not a lot significant amount of money. Or yeah. they'll just add it over to your taxes over a 15-year time period. Mm -hmm. time if you're a smart, prudent financial person, mm -hmm. you would take all the free money you can get. Like, why wouldn't you take free money? Like, that's why I don't understand when people are like, I don't want to use it. Like, you're just lazy to learn. Look into it. Like, I'm not telling you to listen to me, but look into it. Mm -hmm. Most people who plan to buy a home, they use it. Right now, there's some cases you don't have that RSP room. And where do you find that room that you have? You go to your notice of assessment mm -hmm. and on the back of it, it will tell you your unused RSP contribution room. Mm -hmm. Most people, if you're over the age of 25, you have thirty five thousand dollars in contribution room because what it is, is you get 18 percent of your previous year's income added to that. OK, right? so most people over by, know by 25, you know, you, you've earned You've earned enough money to have thirty-five thousand dollars available in contribution room. Mm -hmm. Now look at it as a couple. That's an extra thirty grand, potentially, mm -hmm. right? That's more than your closing costs. That will help you buy your home, right? But this is just tips, man. This is mm -hmm. nothing. You don't have to do it, mm -hmm. but like I think I just see so many people do it, and I don't know if there's any statistics on it. And maybe one day I should look into it. Mm -hmm. But like nobody uses it. Like I would say five percent of my clients that buy a home, maybe ten. 
actually have an RSP prior to them buying it. And the ones that have it don't even know they have it sometimes. And, and you, and some it, people have it, don't know they have it, been sitting <laughs> with their employer, go by their house, and then realize they had all this money sitting somewhere. Else. So so do you think it's just due to a lack of knowledge or people are just negligent in knowing what they have? I, I think it's a lack of knowledge and a lack of like, oh my God, I got to buy this house. I got to do this. Mm -hmm. I gotta, like people, we, we get overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, and then at the same time, I find a lot of professionals like myself, we get excited about closing the deal that we forget about some little things like this. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is important. You know, and I'm honest, I've done it, too. Like, you know, but a lot of times I try to tell customers and they don't want to listen in, in the time or it's just it's a lot of, oh, I don't want to do it. It's too much work. Or sometimes, for example, if you're buying a house in September when I tell you to do it in September, mm -hmm. but you don't get your tax refund till like next year, April. You don't see that benefit. So right now in February, when I tell people to do it, they see it because they get the money back right away. Yeah. But in most cases, it takes some time, right? So that's what it is. It's like we're in this instant gratification. RSP is not instant. It, yeah. I, I, it takes time. And I, and I think it's it's a, it's a mindset, as you as you said it. A lot of people are into things because it's instant gratification, and they don't know that, you know, when you're doing certain things, it's over a period of time is where you're going to see that, you know, you're going to see that end of the end of the light at the tunnel type of thing. Mm -hmm. You'll see what you're doing when it's a longer period of time as opposed to instant gratification. And you mentioned free money, like a RESP, which right. is a registered education savings plan. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that the government gives you 20% yeah. free. free. So why would you not want to set your kids up for the long run? You yeah. know what I mean? A lot of people mention this and I see people, you know, even put this on Instagram. I read, I would rather go broke for you know broke myself than see my kids but why do you have to go broke yeah. you know why don't you just teach your kids what you didn't know now so you're setting them up for the future, for the future. you know what i mean so it's just a situation in which that i think it just it, it doesn't make sense like you know when you can get free money or you can get access to free money mm -hmm. why would you not do it yeah it's crazy I, I it's it perplexes me all the time and i wonder what people are doing but <laughs> hey listen you know we've all been there We've all made mistakes. Yeah, of course, of course, uh, of course. We can correct it, and um, I hope people take advantage of these programs that are available because there's there's a lot, and I'm sure the government will come up with more. Like they have the first time home buyers incentive, which they'll give up to uh, ten percent if you purchase a new home and mm -hmm. five percent if you purchase a resale home. And what that is, it's like an equity sharing program. And okay. I want people to pay attention to this. Think about this, and I want to break it down a little bit. Like when they say equity sharing program, like why would the government want to equity share with you? So if you think about it, they must know that prices would go up because they wouldn't equity share with people if they knew prices would be going down. down. They'd exactly. be losing money. So if they're doing it, like why wouldn't we as people, you know, group economics, work with people and equity share and buying homes? The government mm -hmm. thinks it's a good bet. They must know something we don't know. I don't know what they know, <laughs> but they're willing to do it, right? Yeah. So, um, they so basically what they do is, if you buy a home, they'll contribute ten percent towards you. You have to pay them back that money, mm -hmm. and you have to pay them ten percent of the increase in the valuation of your property. But that's a fair trade. Like mm -hmm. I do that any day. Mm -hmm. um, and on top of it, it's like um, you get to pay down your mortgage faster, so you mm -hmm. save money on interest. Yeah, because you're now you don't have a mortgage on that ten percent. If you have a home that's five hundred thousand dollars, that means you're not paying interest on the fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. It's not a lot of money in the grand scheme things, but over twenty five years, it makes a big difference. You know, you mm -hmm. save a lot of money. So, um, it's there's so much things that people can take advantage of if we plan. Mm -hmm. So again, moral of the story today: plan <laughs> your mortgage. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is definitely important, and it it kind of comes down to. You know, between myself, Dean, and Jason, you know, we're, we'll be doing this on a weekly basis and dropping gems. But we also have a course out there that can also help you that you can kind of, you know, do on your own time. And it's an online automated course in which that, you know, it's called the money management method. And Jason has a mortgage 101 um, aspect of, you know, teaching people. You know, we talk to people, um, you know, the course, like I said, it's automated and narrated so you can pick it up at any time. And we're just trying to, you know, build that, build a community. You know, Jason talked about group, group economics and we're trying to build a community. So this information 
is definitely, you know, you'll hear it if you tune in, you know, whether you're listening or viewer or listen, or you're going to be viewing it. But we also have a course out there that um, will help people that you can kind of work at your own pace, help you see and help you plan, you know, for your future. Because if you don't plan for your future, what's going to happen is that, you know, you know, you're going to impact others, which could be your kids. You know what I mean? It, it could be maybe even your parents, you know, maybe your parents are getting old and, you know, you know, you may want to take care of them. So these are the things that, you know, that are out there. Um, it's called the money management method. You know, we help you better your relationship with money and just teach you the fundamentals on, you know, what what you should know. Because, again, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's important that, you know, as a community, when we're building, there's no secrets. We don't want to. It's not us taking the information and putting it in our back pocket and say, you know what? Nobody needs to know this. You know, there's no point to it. At the end of the day, you know, you know, I say this to Dean all the time. Why would I want to only eat at the table with two people or three people mm. when we can all eat at the yeah. table? Most definitely. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, it's just it's just very important. And, you know, it's just the mindset of individuals out there. Um, we just have to get our minds right. You know, once the information is out there and you know it's it's easier to make that decision or it's easier to say, you know what? I'm not going to do that because I heard it on the podcast or, you know, I went through the course mm-hmm. and these guys, you know, you know, they're honest in what they're saying. You know, I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to plan better because I want a better future for myself and my family. Yeah. And that's important, man. I got a shout out to you guys for uh, creating the, the book. It's in- inspirational <laughs> even to myself who someone's in the finance uh, world. Uh, glad to be a part of this process and, you know, let's kill it with a lot of content and information that, can help people uh, do a lot of stuff. And yeah, my mortgage 101 included in um, the money management course um, will provide you more details on everything that I just discussed. Mm-hmm. It's impossible for me to show you. You can't even see me. So <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason for that, guys. There's a reason. <laughs> to show you. Anonymous. To show you um, the details. But when you take the course, you, you'll understand um, it. In greater detail and then i think people will be, be able to make educated decisions when they're purchasing a home especially in this market man um it's challenging and you got to be prepared more than anything but um yeah man like uh i hope everyone has a good week i guess man well, that's for me and we'll see you guys next week yeah. uh checks over strikes podcast checks in your name no, no strikes, strikes against, against it. it signing off see you next week peace